Welcome to the Free Retiree Show. My name is Lee Michael Murphy. I've been in wealth management for the last 10 years right in the heart of the Silicon Valley. People have always asked me, how do I achieve financial independence? And while the financial world wants you to believe it's as simple as investing your money, I'm here to tell you it's a small piece of the puzzle. I've seen four consistent factors in the people that have achieved financial independence. One, they excel in their career. Two, they manage their money properly. Three, they're able to avoid devastating financial mistakes. They can see through the BS. And lastly, they understand they need to learn from the best, the people that have achieved success in their career and their finances. Join us on our journey as we learn how to become free retirees. Thank you for tuning in to the Free Retiree Show. I'm your host, Wealth Manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and I'm alongside my main man, career advisor extraordinaire, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? Welcome into a business and thought leader edition of the Free Retiree Show. So for today, Serge, we are lucky SOBs. We get to interview a well-known entrepreneur, Felix Lee. And Serge, you know, you've heard about Felix. We talked about him before, before we even met him. We're like, man, this guy's doing big things. Like, what's your thoughts on Felix? Yeah, super excited to get to know Felix and just learn more about his journey. I think he's made a lot of moves at such a young age. It's inspiring, right? Mm-hmm. You and I being as old as we are, maybe it'll wake us up a little bit. Maybe it'll inspire us for the next <laughs> week or two before we get tired. Well, for you guys that are new listeners to our show, on the Free Retiree Show, we talk about all things career, money, and the other thing is we want to learn from people that are the best and the brightest. Serge, I know your role, which you try to help folks land their dream jobs. You look at resumes, you try to build them up. I just want your opinion on what you think of Felix's resume. So I'm going to read off some stuff and Serge, I'm going to ask your feedback. Would you hire Felix? You ready? Let's do it. All right. So Felix has been the co-founder and CEO of PackDat. And PackDat's a platform that allows users to share travel ideas, create code trips and itineraries with contacts and friends. He's also been the co-founder of ADP List. And I'm not sure if you guys heard, but ADP is making some big waves. ADP List is the world's largest design mentorship platform. And it's a community that allows people to connect with designers and mentors all over the world. ADP List is in 32 plus languages, 40 plus countries and regions. And it promotes human connection and community and creativity all around the world. And he has been the design lead at GoTrade. For you guys that aren't familiar with GoTrade, they help people in Southeast Asia trade and invest in U.S. stocks. So Serge, what are you thinking about this resume right now? I mean, you know, Lee, you know, I work at Facebook. I might send Zuckerberg an email right now and say, hey, we need to one, hire Felix and two, maybe buy ADP list. I don't know. Acquire, uh, uh, maybe. Yeah. It's a hire for sure. It's a strong hire. Yeah. You hired this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. So yeah, we are pumped just to have Felix on because obviously on our show, we've had some great interviews and people that have done some amazing things, but... Felix has done multiple amazing things, things that you just don't see. Very hard to achieve. And so I'm just excited to get to pick his brain and figure out what his path has been like. What does it take to accomplish one amazing, rare lifetime feat, but maybe three, you know? So he's obviously going to have a great story. And, you know, what does it take to get acquired? PacDat was acquired in 2018. So he not only had a dream, brought it to fruition, but made it attractive enough for a business to acquire it. So, I mean, he's doing something right. Obviously, if you tune the show, you're going to learn a ton. I'm going to go to a quick break, but when we're back, we're going to be sitting down with Felix Lee. But before we do so, make sure you like our show, share us on Facebook, LinkedIn. And if you got questions for us, financial related, career related, make sure you send them to ask at thefreeretiree.com. We'll be right back.
Welcome back into the Free Retiree Show. We're sitting down with Felix Lee. Felix, how are you doing today, man? Hey, what's up, Lee and Sergio? How's it going? Yeah, I'm doing well. It's Sunday morning here. Super excited to be here, guys. Thank you for joining. We are stoked to have you, man. Yeah, thank you for joining. Like, we're looking at this resume, man, and you're a young dude, relatively. You've built in, like, three lifetimes of achievements here, man. So, what? <laughs> you know, give the listeners, like, what do you, do you sleep? Do you not sleep? Is I mean, like, are you just a robot? Are you a machine, Felix? Blink. Blink if you're a machine. Maybe. Maybe I am secretly an alien, you know, you never know, but, but I can tell you that I leave off a lot of coffee. That's, that's all I can say. Ah, coffee. It's the lifeline of champions. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys can't tell, but Felix is sipping on some coffee right now. He still hasn't blinked though. So have we confirmed he's not a robot? <laughs> Definitely not. So Felix, give the listeners a little bit of a rundown of what you do. Yeah. So I am a tech entrepreneur and designer. My life mission is to be able to create the longest lasting impactful products that could help make a positive and sustainable change in people's life. And since a young age, I've always been really curious about how things work around us and how can we exactly make it better. And for me, the way that I've always been doing that since I was young has always been through design, art, and it's just been an invention of things that I personally believe that that can push the world forward. And the things that I've created, I never knew that they would make such a big impact on the world or the people around me. And I'm just glad they did. Felix, we talk about your journey. I know you've got ADP lists, you know, it's huge for you right now. Talk to us about the idea. Like, how do you think about it? What was that like? For sure. So ADP started when the COVID-19 hit the world in around April, 2020. That was when I was still in the military service. I asked myself, hey, I'm going to finish my military service in August. Now, it's COVID-19 right now, people are getting laid offs. Can I do something to at least help them? And that was when I had a pockets of free time during the weekends, after work hours. And I actually created this online spreadsheet that says, hey, if you're a designer and you're looking for a job, just put your name on a spreadsheet. I will send your name and this spreadsheet to the recruiters and the hiring managers who are looking for someone to hire. That was the first step. And the other one was that if you're looking to get mentored and have people to help you prepare for interviews during this really tough time, you can put your name here as well. You can support others and people can reach out to you as a mentor, right? So there was a directory of people who were looking to get hired. And there was a directory of people who were looking to help others get mentored or, you know, get their portfolio reviewed. So both these directories were on one online spreadsheet itself. And that was created in mid-April, 2020. And it just went viral after I put on LinkedIn and Twitter, it just went viral. Yeah. And we started to see some growth. And a friend of mine, James, from West Africa, Ghana, he jumped in. And of course, back then, I hadn't knew him that well. So he jumped into my LinkedIn DM and he was like, hey man, you're creating something to help the designers, but it's on a spreadsheet. And I was like, yeah. So he said, let's make it beautiful. My first question to him was that, so who's going to do that? He's like, yeah, I'm going to help you. My second question to him, I could remember really funny. I said, is this for free or are you trying to sell me your service? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 he was like, and, and he was like, it's free. I was like, let's do it. So that weekend, I got on the call with James. We turned the spreadsheet into our first working prototype website on Webflow. And we launched it to the world. Initially, it was just a couple of hundred people. And that website began to grow. By the end of last year, we saw over half a million organic traffic, right? Oh, wow. The community wow. grew. Grew like or you said organic, no, organic, no ads, nothing, no, no ad, zero marketing. Right? Wow. It was 
it wasn't meant to be a startup. It was just to help people around us. Zero marketing, just purely organic. What we realized from April to December, what we realized was this. People have always been looking for a mentor in their career. It wasn't just because of COVID-19. Now, COVID-19 might have expedited that kind of need and kind of want to connect. But people have always wanted a mentor in their career to kind of guide them. And so when we discovered that what ADP List did was that we created a bridge sort of that you could just connect with someone and say, hey, be my mentor, let's get on the call and help me review my portfolio, make me into a better designer, a better person. Now, a lot of people asked this question and said, so what's the difference between a social network and this platform? I said, we're not a social network for sure. But one main difference is this. Traditionally, social network has always been so hard and just so awkward for someone to say, hey, can you be my mentor? You know, all the co-messages are really, really yes. just so awkward for someone to kind of bring out that question. ADP list just basically democratized mentorships and just said, skip that part of the conversation, get directly into the mentorships. So that's what we've been doing. It's been a super, super exciting journey so far. I love it. I think you hit it right on the head. I myself, I'll get a lot of random LinkedIn messages from people early in their careers asking me questions or trying to find time with me. And I think this just simplifies that whole thing, man. I think it's amazing what you guys have built and I'm actually going through the flow right now. And I like how simple the onboarding process is. Well done. So it's good. Awesome. Thank you, man. I haven't signed up yet, but I will. So Felix, obviously what you're doing right now is super important because, you know, we've done some episodes over the past couple months about how hard COVID has hit college grads coming out of school and they don't have the job offers. All the companies in Silicon Valley where we're at, they don't want new hires. I mean, maybe some are open to it, but they're mainly looking for people with experience. So getting that mentorship is super important right now. I would see that there would probably be a big need for the kids or the people that want mentors, but how do you get the mentors? What are you doing to attract those people that have that experience? Yeah. So one thing that we realized, and it turns out to be very true, is that the people that are experienced, that they're sitting on top of the corporate ladders, they actually want to help people, but they just haven't found a way to do it yet. And when ADP started... I was really surprised because we practically acquired the first 10 people and they were all my friends. So it was kind of funny. Like some of my friends were from Facebook, Google, and myself, and we were getting swamped. And they were like, hey, you know what, Felix? It's just a 10 of us. Let me get my friends. And their friends came in and I got my friend, they got their friends. And it was like a referral program by kind of like just purely organic and people were just spreading the word. And they're like, I want to be part of this program. I want to be part of this program as a mentor on this platform. Of course, you know, we don't accept everyone as a mentor because there is a vetting process. Right now, the acceptance rate is about 30 to 40%. So we are pretty strict on that. But there were a lot of people who were more than ready to contribute. So I wouldn't say that, hey, you need to do mass marketing because people, when they know about the platform, they kind of feel like this is the right platform for them to give back. Because as Sergio mentioned, it's easy to set up, it's easy to get on it, and it's easy for someone to even reach out to you. Those were things that I think is already enough to sort of incentivize them to be part of the platform. So how do you guys keep that bar high for the mentors? Now you're saying there's only 30% acceptance rate. How do you yeah. weed out the creeps and the people that aren't <laughs> professionals? <laughs> so, you know, know, I'm going to try to apply. Hopefully I get it accepted. We'll see. Deny him, Felix. <laughs> yeah, I definitely I will consider that. I will consider that. No promises. You said consider. <laughs> I, will, I will give a very bar, serious man. consideration. <laughs> it's good though. Keep it straight. Yeah. So one of our sort of like, I would say our secret sauce is that I am one of those people who are betting. But one of the real secret sauce is that 
we have a very influential design leader who is actually vetting every single application. And I do mean every single application. So his wow. name is Stephen Gates. Stephen Gates is the chief design evangelist at Invision. Very high position guy. He's very well known. He has worked with Apple, Google, Disney, senior execs. And he himself personally has access to our dashboard and he goes through every single mental application. So wow. if you happen to get through the process, good for you. So yeah, that's how we set that standard so really high. Talk to us about some of the criteria. Like if, let's say I'm a mentor, you know, as I'm going through the onboarding process, I think it starts with me sharing a little bit about me. I'm yeah. assuming as I go, I have to like, where do I work? What's my years of experience? Any other criteria? So that's a typical onboarding process. But one of the criteria is that we will actually dive deep into your LinkedIn and your portfolio to kind of see what past experience you have. So we're not just picking things that you tell us on onboarding. Right. We actually go to your LinkedIn profile and we check them. Hey, what is this guy up to? What is he or she doing right now? So one of the few ideas that we look at is if you have the kind of leadership experience in your past, you know, or your current job that you're leading actually junior designers or people that are more junior than you, that's one of the criteria. The other criteria I would say is that if you have not led any teams, have you actually helped others in the form of mentorship before, right? Maybe you gave back to your school as an alumni. We want mm. people with that mentality to say, I want to give back as a leader, as a mentor. We are seeing a lot of applications from very high quality candidates. And I do mean very high quality, like from Airbnb, Google, Facebook, like all the big tech companies, they're all part of this. So super excited for that. That's how we kind of vet. Wow. That's smart. Really smart. So Felix, let's go back to like your beginning. And I think your first big project was PackDat, right? Yeah. Let's do a throwback. Yeah. Yeah. So let's understand like, how did the idea even start? Like, where was the beginning? How did you come up with this idea? Give us a little insight into that. Sure. So before I go there, I just want to give a disclaimer that I've never been to college. I was supposed to go to college in 2020, but I kind of skipped that. One of those smart guys. This is like, yes. let's go to college. <laughs> so Pack that was created when I was in high school, right? High school in the US sense, but in the Singapore, we call it polytechnic. When I was in polytechnic, I remember it was in year two, around 2017, when I was about 20 years old. Me and my friends were actually planning to go on a trip. One of the things that I realized was that we are all going on a trip, but none of us wants to plan the trip. It felt like a research project. Where do you go? You got to put all of this into a Google document, Excel sheet. Data. Everyone knows that process is hard. And travel is supposed to be magical and easy. But the research part, the planning part hasn't always been that way. And when I looked at it, I said, it's a problem. I think I'm not the only one facing the problem, I'm sure. So I went to do my research. I went to talk to a lot of people who were going on travel at that point of time. You know, it's kind of ironic to say that because COVID-19, you can't travel at all. I saw people going through the same process. Google documents, Excel sheets, putting on pen and paper. It's like, all right, there is a serious opportunity here. So my co-founder, which is my brother, we jumped into the idea and we said, what if we could create a platform that allows people to just drag and drop places. We help them plan. But most importantly, solve the problem of where do we go next? In a sense, if someone were to plan an itinerary on Google document, what they don't know is that these are just a list of places. But when you plan it on pack that, we actually help you to route it based on the nearest location so that you can save on the transportation costs from point A to point B. So we decided to solve that. And we launched that around early 2017. That was really how the idea came about. It was purely from just wow. a personal experience. That's awesome. You mentioned your brother was a co-founder. So if we can take one even further step back, I know you were brought up in an entrepreneurial um, environment. Your dad had a bakery. Yeah. Can you talk to us about his influence and your parents' influence 
clearly you and your brother, like they have that spirit. So would love to understand where that came from. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I would say, which is my biggest inspiration, I was just talking to a friend last night about this, is that my dad has a big part to play in the things that I've done, not in the 10 cents of product, but more in like the mindset and the values. I was taught this thing that we don't pray for easier days. We pray to have that strength to go through the days that are not so easy and that are tough. And I think my dad continues to inspire me today that hard work can bring you somewhere. If you've never been there before, I think hard work is that driver, that fuel that, that can bring you somewhere. And my dad wakes up really early, comes back really late from his bakery every single day, even to last night. And for me, people can say, hey, Felix, you're working so hard. I was like, you got to check out my dad. I'm not the one here who's working that hard, right? Yeah, I, I think my dad has a very influential and pivotal role to play in our career. I think that has been a huge part. The other one I would say is that growing up, I spent a lot of time in the bakery. And one of the things that I did when I was in the bakery was that I would take the bread, I would put it in the box and I would take the box out of the bakery to sell to people on the streets. So I would have my own mini bakery outside of the bakery. And I think hustling. that has sort of like- Yeah, I was going to say Yeah, hustling. man, hustling guys. Hustling <laughs> as a kid. I mean, that was kind of crazy back then, right? But I think that taught me two things. First, you got to be really shameless. When you want to do sales, you got to just go up to someone, present yourself, I think that really brought up this sort of outgoing personality and most importantly, shamelessness to ask for advice, to approach people. Yeah. I think that was molded since young. The other one was just that very entrepreneurial spirit and very entrepreneurial sense to say, if you want something to be sold, if you want something out there, you got to just take it. You got to just go out there and do something. I think that has been molded in my mindset at a very, very young age. That's awesome. Lee, I think, you know, we've had a lot of people on that's kind of the trend we're seeing, right? The hustle. There's something in the household too that drives them. Oh, you know, for a from, lot of from, them. For a lot of them sometimes, yeah. you know, it seems like pretty consistent, like something sparks, whether it's parents or like a friend, something. It's super interesting. Felix, going back to like pack that, you got the company up and running. How did you guys take it to that next level where it started getting the notoriety and it actually got acquired? What does that step look like? You know, one of the tougher days I'll talk about, about that is that my brother and I, we practically spend nights going to the schools. So there are like five major schools around here. I would say probably eight, including the colleges. We go to every single of these school because we knew that the students were going to travel soon. They had their summer breaks, their winter breaks. We knew that they were going to travel. And we practically went to every single school and we printed posters and we pasted it there at night. Now, it was illegal, wow. right? Because you can paste posters <laughs> in school without a license, but we just went to every single school and we just pasted there. That was a hustle, right? We had zero investment. We were just purely bootstrapped. So we didn't have the money to run any ads. Like right now, if any entrepreneur were to tell me, hey, I have $50,000 in my bank to start a business out, I would almost tell you that that's luxurious. Mm -hmm. I'm not just saying this out of thin air. As Sergio mentioned, ADP list has zero budget and he has reached organically half a million of traffic, right? So in that sense, I would say that we really hustled in the very early days of Pack Dad. And all the way to acquisition, we were just doing things that didn't really quite in a quote-to-quote -quote scale, right? And so we were just talking to people, getting referrals and referrals. So basically taking it off by word of mouth and referrals. So that was one of the things that I realized that if you build a good enough product, people will share it. People will tell their friends about it. I have always pride myself on saying, build a great product, market it a little bit at least, tell people about it, and then kind of hope that they will tell others about it. And if they don't, you know that you still have job to do. Just continue improving the product. That was really the journey for two years at least, just constantly building a good product for people to use.
I love the hustle, man. I mean, there's like so much debate about is hustling even worth it? Like putting up flyers at a school, is that going to cause any sort of impact? But you guys had the product, obviously the product probably sells itself, but you showed enough determination and hustle where you didn't spend any money on ads and you still made it work just through pure grind. I love that. That's phenomenal. Yeah, 100%. What a cool story, man. Hey, Felix, pack that. That's an amazing product, right? I'm interested in the moment PassPod approached you. Talk to us about that acquisition. Like, what's that like for all the people thinking about owning a company and maybe having to go through that situation? I'd love just to hear that moment when you made that decision. Yeah, for sure. So I think that moment was pretty swift. The kind of timeline that led to that decision was really complex. There's a lot of things that you kind of need to understand from a business point of view. I think that the big decision that we had to make to get acquired was that in Singapore, actually the males, we have to go to the army, right? We have to go to military service. So at that point of time, I believe it was one year before I go to the army and the acquisition offer came. And for us, it was just a matter of, are we going to get this acquired? Because the CEO is going to army, who's going to run this. And for us, it was practical because... If the founder is not in the company, then who is going to be the one driving the vision? So for us, it was a very clear route that, you know, this was going to be an acquisition either ways. We took it and then we ran with it. So that was the thought process behind it. Initially, we didn't want to get acquired just because we thought it was going somewhere. But I think we have to be practical at times to say, is this going to be where we want to be if we're going to the army and stuff like that? It was pretty much a straightforward decision, but it's a pretty interesting way to think about how we actually landed that acquisition as well. Did you do anything to make the business more attractive or did it just come? I think we had a very strong value proposition of just being such an easy platform for people to plan their itinerary. We have lots of users and we have over like 30,000 itineraries planned on the platform. So we have that kind of like mass traffic and data that we were collecting and we were pre-revenue back then. So they acquired us purely just because their customer base needed that kind of platform on their platform, right? They acquired us as part of their product just so that their users could actually integrate it and you know have a better travel experience for their own company as well. Yeah, this is something I feel like Airbnb, I don't know if they already have it baked into their product, but I think this has a ton of value. This idea of collaborating around itineraries. I wonder if Airbnb has that. This is, a, this is a great idea, man. Congrats on that. Thanks, man. Yeah, I was speaking to the head of travel at Google yeah. and I think, you know, one of the really funny thing was like, hey, what are you doing? Think of this. And he took the video and he just sent it to his team. He was like, you guys should build this. And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. And we're not in competition right now because we have been acquired. So go for it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just surprised. Like I've never heard of it. Lee, I don't know if you, have you heard of anything like this when planning a trip? No, I've never heard of anything like that. But I mean, it's genius though, because there's tons of hours of Google search that you do and you're just kind of winging it. You don't really have any real <laughs> guidance, you know? It's yeah, like, it's, you throw it in a spreadsheet. A shit show. It's like 30 lines in a spreadsheet and then it's so, yeah, yeah this, is, this is brilliant. So man, you've had this great track record, obviously with GoTrade, yeah. ADP list and PackDat. I want to know, like you got to a certain level of success. You obviously must've had hurdles along the way with each of those three. Was it a common hurdle that you had to overcome to reach the top of the mountain or did they all present different challenges? Yeah, I think I see some common hurdles and there are some unique challenges and I'll share the common one first, right? So one of the common ones is that, you know, I have always, this is a personal sort of like hurdle, but I do think that I am improving from it tremendously is that I've always had very, very high standards set for myself. And when you work in a team, you got to understand that sometimes people just don't reach that high standards. 
it's not their fault in any way. It's not anyone is not capable, but it's just that if you set such a high standard for any and everyone around you, including yourself, it's practically almost like an ongoing thing. And when someone don't reach that standard, you kind of like, okay, what's going on right now? So that builds up and you have to accept that things are not going to be perfect. You've got to be patient. You've got to be patient with someone's growth. And so I think that's the problem with management, right? Because when you're managing someone, you have to give them time to grow into their role. You have to give them that kind of space to say, let me grow in my own way. And I think for me as a leader, one thing that I've learned in the common hurdle is that you can have high expectations, but you have to be patient and let someone grow into their role. Right now, I'm managing a team of like 16 people at ADP list. And for me, not everyone is going to be at that high standards, but I know that they're doing their best. I know that they're doing whatever it takes. And for me as a leader, I just have to be comfortable of being uncomfortable in, in this sense and to say, let's give them time for them to grow into their role. And truth is, in fact, many of them, if not all of them, are really growing into their role. And, and that's something that I think I constantly see throughout the three companies, right? Some of the more, I would say, unique challenges for ADP list is the first time ever that I'm managing an entire team remotely, right? And when I mean remote, I don't mean like Singapore and the US. It's Singapore, US, Canada, West Africa. We do have people in Sweden as well. It's a pretty big team and very, very diverse. Trying to manage people across the world has been a challenge. It's not just about the time zone or, you know, all those kind of things, but it's about how do you communicate effectively from your culture, from your background mm -hmm. to someone else's background and culture from an entirely different point of view. How interesting. And I can tell you that one thing that really solved this and one thing that I think really bring us through the hurdle was that we all shared a common passion to democratize mentorships for any and everyone around the world. When you share the same kind of purpose, I think it's just so easy to kind of get through things. So that was one of the unique challenges, at least for ADP List, which is just so diverse and so remote. Yeah, I love that. I love the way you put democratizing mentorships because I think yep. we, you know, Lee and I live in the Bay Area and we have so much access to all these tech companies. But with this platform, I mean, essentially what I think I'm hearing is anyone could really have access to the mentors from Google, Facebook, wherever with a yep. few clicks of a button and finding getting matched. I think it's amazing. Going back to like the whole concept of culture and working together as a leader, how do you respect other people's culture and work with them on these projects. I mean, as two guys from the U.S., live with the U.S., work with mainly people from the U.S., I think maybe we're boxed and our minds aren't <laughs> open to the way other people do business. So I yeah. think when people are working with people from the U.S., they kind of feel like, oh, we're going to do it the U.S. way. You have like a multicultural right. team. What was your approach? So one thing that I've come to learn through the past month since ADP started, it's that if I were to put it in two simple words, to have an open mind. I think it was so tough initially because everyone was speaking a different language. I might be tougher on some people, you know, people might be reaching their expectations and whatnot. But when dealing with people from different cultures and backgrounds, and most importantly, context, is that you have to have an open mind to say that when you communicate, I will tell you this, it is unavoidable that you're going to make mistakes as a leader. Don't even try to avoid them because when you communicate to someone from a different culture, definitely some way or another, they're going to take it the wrong way or whatnot. And then there is going to be miscommunication. But if you have an open mind as a leader, those are not miscommunication. Those are just room for you to even make it clearer and room for you to improve. I'll give an example. A couple of months back, I was talking to a friend from Canada 
we have very different culture here in Singapore and Canada for sure. And there was some miscommunication about how things are done and then, you know, how things should be run and whatnot. And he was open enough and I was open enough to really sit down to say, okay, what are we exactly talking about and what are we trying to achieve here between the two of us, right? And I think that kind of open communication and as a leader and as a team, fostering that kind of culture to say, if something happens, just having that mindset to say, okay, open-mindedness, let's just sit down and talk about it. I think that solves every single problem. Now, if everyone can be like that in all the companies, I think things would really, really run really smoothly because you know, no politics, zero politics, everyone is just having fun. If anything happens, just take up, you know, be transparent about it and just be open-minded. That is my one single approach that I would say could really cut through everything and just get straight to the point and get things done. Yeah, I mean, it's a must, right? I think now you can't just have that US-centric approach. Where I work now, I'm working with people from France, Italy. It just depends on where the product, you know, the product is everywhere. Everything you're saying is just so spot on. If you're a leader, like, please tune in and listen to that. That's... Yeah, guys, tune in here, man. <laughs> Serge, this is why I love this show is because we've had some amazingly smart people on here and they all got different things that they're doing that makes them successful, makes them work. The fact that Felix is using patience and understanding and empathy with his employees and his team. I mean, that's amazing. I did not expect that answer, but you're obviously doing something right. You have the track record. One question I wanted to pivot to is you're an engineer and you obviously have a unique skill set and it's allowed you to create some amazing things. What about yeah. the people that don't have your skill set? Maybe they're not engineers, but maybe they have an idea. They have a vision of building a platform. How would you go about it? What would you tell those people? I will start off this question by saying something. This is kind of like just being honest. It's the one thing that I find easy to do and people find it hard to do is finding the courage to do something. It's as simple as that. One thing that I find easy that people don't think is that easy for them is finding the courage to do something. Now, I didn't grow up as a designer. I didn't go through a formal design education. I just went through a more formal engineering education. Now, you could consider me both a designer and an engineer today, but the way that I've learned design, it was all self-taught. And all these companies that I've started and be a part of, it was all pure hustle and having that courage to say, I want to see something in the reality. Let's just make it happen. Now, I shared about the origin story of ADP list earlier. And the origin story was that it really started from an online spreadsheet. It was a public spreadsheet. Now, to many, how hard is it to build a spreadsheet? It's not, right? They're probably better in Excel than me, I'm sure. So it is just really finding the courage to say, if you want a change to happen in the world that badly, if you really want to create an impact, then walk the walk, do something about it. It comes in different shapes and sizes. If you want to give back to the community, go out there, do some volunteering, give out some stuff, go to the old folks home, go to the orphanage, you know, help people. Those are impact as well. One of the things that people mistake about impact is that you have to do it at scale. You have to be the Elon Musk. You have to be the Mark Zuckerbergs, right? But you don't have to be there. As long as you help the people around you, I think those are really great impact and those really last a lifetime. For me, it's just really telling yourself that, hey, tomorrow isn't promised. And if today were really the last year of your life, would you want to do something about it? Would you want to go out there, make the change, see the change that you want happen? It doesn't really matter the outcome. You know, frankly, you don't have to care about that. What matters is that can you find the courage to start that first step? All you need to do is do that first step. That's all. Mic drop. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think <laughs> Lee yeah. and I, you know, Felix, we're transparently, we've kicked around a lot of different ideas. And I think to your point, it's that courage, right? You're right. The courage is like, I think it stops so many people. I mean, look, what else can you lose? Like, if you don't do it right now, and, you know, you look back and be like, hey, 
a lot of people would say, probably speaking from a privileged point of view, I'm mean, single, no family and whatnot. True. I would grant that to anyone who says it. But the fact is this, you could be sharing all these thoughts and if you're not going to do something about it, you're just not doing something about it. That's the truth. You could have everything and anything in the world, right? You could have rent and everything like that. But if you're not going to do something about it, then it's on you because you have hours to spend after your work hours. I'm sure I'm not saying quit your job or anything like that, but you have practically a few hours after nine to five and those hours can be spent on the things that you really want to do. If you want to see that change happen, there is no excuses. There is truly no excuses for that. Yeah. It's like watch five hours of Netflix or build a business. Exactly. You know, it's like, I know people are binge watching. You know what I mean? I'm saying this for myself also. I waste a lot of time in that window, right? After work, you know, I do have kids and stuff, but I think there's still time. I think if someone wants to do it, there's time. There is. You know, we've had Suzanne Evans on, right? Extremely successful entrepreneur. One thing that really resonated with me that I've just been thinking a lot since we had her on, it's like, if you want to get something done right and you want to do it well, she's going to tell you, give it to the busiest person you know, because they'll make time. They'll find a way to get it done. And so I think in society, we have all these excuses. There's so many outs that we can say like, oh, it's because this happened and that happened and that happened. That's why I didn't get it done. It's like successful people. It's not like they had success because they had all the time in the world. They just were intentional with how they designed getting a task done and accomplishing what they wanted to. So I love what you're saying, man. I think we can't give ourselves an out. Like if you want to get something done, don't make the excuses. Just do it. Yeah, Felix, I want to pivot a little bit. So on ADP list, right? What's next? Like how big do you think this can get? Or like what's success for you? Maybe it's not getting bigger, but would love just to hear more about that. So the mission of ADP list is to democratize mentorships for all. And we're starting with designers. On the platform, we're seeing in just January, we have over 800 bookings already just in January. And that's insane. That means that over 800 sessions are happening. And that's over 50,000 minutes that are happening on the platform today, just in January. And that's incredible if you think about that. For me, that is already an impact left on these 800 people who are going through the mentoring sessions in just a single month. But the true value of ADVs comes when we step out of design and we say, we're going to democratize mentorships for people beyond design. In, the, in product management roles, in engineering, in finance, and many different industries. I spoke to people from all walks of life. One thing that I believe is that no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, a mentor is necessary. That is right to say, a professional mentor is necessary. And by creating that kind of access to people who really never had that access in the past, you help to elevate the kind of quality in the workforce a lot more. And I think that to me is the true value that AEPVC is really creating, right? By having that those exchanging session, by having that mentoring sessions, those are things that can elevate things that we're already working on. Now, how big is ADP is going to be? I personally think that it's going to be big. I'm not going to say in terms of like monetary or valuation, but I think it's going to be big. I want people to think that ADP list would be that one platform where you can come here for the mentor that you want to find, you want to talk to, and you can be a part of that network to say, hey, I have access to the director of LinkedIn, the director of Facebook, and I can just talk to him or her about my career choices and whatnot. And when people come here, they get that kind of perspective. I think that's truly, truly powerful. It's going to be big. We are building things that are going to help mentors and power even more mentees. So what that means is that we're currently focusing on how do we build tools for our mentors so that they can go out there and say, all right, I have all these tools right now and I can better help people and serve the people that are under me. That's what we're doing. And I think it's going to be very exciting in the next few years to see. Felix, so if people want to learn more about this project, what's the first step? 
go to adpleas.org and sign up as a community user. If you're just looking for mentorships or if you want to be a mentor, just click to become a mentor. But there's a vetting process for that. It takes about 24 hours. So yeah, there is two ways that you can participate either as a community user or as a mentor. Okay, Felix, you've been phenomenal today, man. Thanks for having us on. If you see Sergio Patterson application come through, make sure you deny that shit. You know, just reject it. <laughs> no, no, I just, I'm yeah. not, I'm not a designer. So, but <laughs> I will, I just want to get, get to the flow. So I want to uh, maybe sign up as a user or a community. Go for but it. But once you yeah. expand, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to sign up and maybe I'll it. have a better than 30% chance of getting approved. <laughs> <laughs> man, Felix, thank you so much for coming on, man. We've really enjoyed having you. You've been a blessing to have on this show. Everyone, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt Goad are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook, Inc., The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.